You are listening to Noise Extra. Today, in honor of the return of the murder series, we wanted to put up one of our murder series episodes on the regular feed. Over on the Patreon, we did all 12 of the initial series of the murder series. And today, we wanted to put up the skin crime episode, the seven-inch monster based on Andre Chikatilo, and give you a little taste of what we did over there with the murder series episodes. Half, or really more than half, true crime about the case that each record was about. And of course, the other part being about the seven-inch itself. Much like... We did with the MSBR Pure CD episode, as well as Seed Mouth Titanic and some of our other album episodes where we discuss not only the album, but the real life case or event that it is based on. So if you'd like to hear more of the murder series episodes, head over to patreon.com slash noise extra. And of course, make sure to keep updated with the new murder series, Seven Inches, that will be coming out on self-abuse, selfabuserecords.net. And now, Skin Crime, Monster, and Andre Chikatilo. What's up? We are back with another Seven Inch Sunday. I am Gray Holger. Here with my co-host, Tara Connolly. Hi. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And it's a special 7-inch Sunday because we are on case history number nine in the self-abuse murder series. We are barreling towards the end of this series, and uh, I don't want it to end. I need another, like, 37 inches in the series. I do not want it to end. No. But we got some real heavy ones to finish off the series with, and... And we got one right now. It's, it's very heavy. Andre Chikatilo. I, I would dare say, you know, we talked about uh, Zodiac that Crawl Unit did the last seven inch we did being one of the more famous killers. To me, Chikatilo is also like a, a upper tier, more renowned killer. And I... I think I, I first saw him in like an encyclopedia of serial killers. Right, right. And it has that Classic. photo of him in his prison outfit where with his ball when he's had his head shaved. The, yeah. the prison outfit, <laughs> aka an Olympic Olympic Games button up shirt, which is so amazing. That's <laughs> yeah. why I love that Olympic shirt. And that's what he wore every single day of the trial. Yeah, it looks like it's a plaid madras print or something. It's not. It's an Olympic it's small squares of uh, the, the Olympic, Olympic rings. Symbols. Yeah. Wow. And and, and what's also interesting about it is the Olympics that that shirt is from is the 1980 Olympics, which is a very controversial Olympics yeah. because it was it was held in Moscow, but many people protested and and didn't go, including oh, wow. the including the U.S. So it's Super a very USSR so it's a very thing to wear. Strange. Yeah. Shirt. All everything about it. Yeah. Fits because it is the you know it's the poisoned Olympics, 
on a poisoned man. Wasn't the next one in the U.S. when the Soviets boycotted it too? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Again. Exactly. Amazing. Yes. Exactly. It's a it's a bramble patch. The entire thing. Yes. Yeah. And and so all the pictures you see of him at when he's. Or when after his confession, he's wearing that shirt. So there's the uh, the picture in the seven inch where he's demonstrating on the doll what he did. He's wearing that shirt, and there's video of a lot of oh, that. I do not like that part either. There's I a lot of that, that because he did that a lot. That's in yeah. the, that's in the KGB gymnasium. Uh, the, that's where they would do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I. Well, first of all, Gray, I kind of think of you as a Chicatello dude. Oh, like, I mean, because you've mentioned you've him a all, lot. Yes, like yeah, you know, he's he was like when an we're early, not on air. He he's terrifying. He's really like the seven inch is called monster, and he you yes. know he's really he was vicious and specific, but also not too choosy. And the way <laughs> yeah. he operated was really. I mean, he's he's completely sleazy and disgusting. And it was another total like double life to. To a great degree, which we'll talk about more in this episode, because some of the elements, of course, play into to all of this. Uh, he's he's terrifying. I, he's been one that's like scared me for a long time in terms of like seeing that photo. He's got those maniacal eyes, and uh, he's, yeah, he just looks. He either looks totally maniacal or completely beaten down by the world. Yeah, he yes. seems like he could look kind of like normal and meek. Uh, well, exa- but then, and he, but and then he, he just turns, a, flips a switch. But you know, I often say like I, I'm always the most afraid of Ted Bundy. Um, but Chick Tillo's right up there. Like I would not want to be left alone with this guy. I'll tell you that much. Well, luckily, I have faith that you would not walk off into the Russian woods with the strange old man. You ever seen me walk off into the woods like? Hey, we just know in how general. We, we know how we feel. I think the three of us are not gonna hang out at the train station. Period. Really, it's not no, gonna happen. There's a lot of pollen in the it's woods. It's not gonna happen. But hey, <laughs> we've mentioned Chickatilla. We've mentioned the name of the Seven Inch Monster. Yet. But we haven't mentioned who the Seven Inch is courtesy of. Oh, skin crime. And our listeners know how we feel about skin crime. The the yes, man orchestrating is... the uh, series himself, which. If exactly. you look at the packaging, you'll note there's one little extra special touch. I feel like Skin yes. Crime's the only one that, that got that, which is a third black and yep. red insert in there with uh, yep. victim's photographs on it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, it's and very cool. And with the cool. black and red, it, it's so strange, especially with the victim's photographs. When you move it, it's like the ink when it hits different colors. Oh, yeah. It looks like their faces are moving. It's, it's so cool. I, it's terrifying. I yeah. It's so, so It's cool. especially effective on this. I and think. this would be Pat's second entry in the murder series as he is responsible for the very first 7-inch, the Hangman's Orgasm Frenzy 7-inch. And we actually had a chance to talk to Pat for a while about Chickatillo and about the 7-inch non-recorded. You know, we don't actually record every single conversation we have. I know it seems strange. And it seems like, <laughs> why wouldn't we? But it was that, We can you have know, casual conversations. We, can, we were able to do that. But <laughs> at times. It was, he pointed something out that I thought was interesting is that the, the two serial killers he chose couldn't be more different. Mm. Joel Rifkin and Andre Chigatillo. Yeah. So very, very cool, very different killers. And in picking Chickatillo and and naming the seven inch monster, Pat said, in his mind, Chickatillo is almost supernatural. In that, if this was if these murders took place in the eighteen hundred, in the seventeen hundreds, in the sixteen mm-hmm. hundreds, 
It would be a werewolf. It would be a monster. A werewolf is yeah. eating our children. Y- yes, a werewolf a, or a, a vampire, werewolf. like entirely. Yeah. More werewolf though, because of the the consuming. Right. Yeah, it's and, such an interesting point that yeah. he brings up. Like, absolutely. Like, yes, yes, but, it fits all of our classifications of a monster. But while maybe in the 1700s earlier it would it would be that way, this is 1980s Soviet Russia. It also feels like possibly a werewolf is is killing and eating our children because as we'll discuss and as we see in the, the, the main book used for research for this episode being Hunting the Devil, which Gray recommended, as well as a, another Gray recommendation, the fantastic movie Citizen X, you're going to see that so much of how he was able to commit his crimes had to do with being in Soviet Russia at the time he was there, how he grew up there, all of that. It all plays he into He was enabled through bureaucracy. Yes. Yes. It all gets plays into through yeah. these crimes. But before we get too deep into Chikatilo's life, we should talk about the incredible sounds that are contained Within the grooves of this seven inch. So you got to track the seven inch down. It looks beautiful. It's got the inserts. But if you're lucky enough to have the skin crime case studies box set that hospital did, it's on there. Uh, One of the discs is called monster and it has these tracks as well as some other great tracks on it. And uh, that is also on the hospital production span camp. So I'll link that in the description of this one. So you can at least go listen to these tracks. If you don't have the seven inch handy, or maybe it's in a box or your turntables broke or some other wild reason you don't have this awesome skin crime seven inch. Yeah. Yeah. You can listen. Yeah. We won't judge you. It's okay. (laughs) A lot of the other ones have been hard to find. You got to actually track down the, you know, the death pile is on a compilation CD, but I think the rest of them, uh, you've had to track down a seven inch. So it's nice that this is reissued in some form and and available on Bandcamp. I mean, yeah, it's great. Uh, man, this thing starts off with kind of what I, what I consider to be classic skin crime, uh, like tool shed sound, but that it didn't really become classic until the, the self-titled or Black Dahlia record. Right, 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 right. Uh, that, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like I think of it as classic skin crime, but it's only because he's been operating in that style or they have been operating in that style, uh, since, you know, whatever the early two thousands in terms of that kind of really good atmospheric, Right. sound and this has it but it also i didn't picture this as a tool shed though i pictured this as the, the walk through the woods and the leaves and branches crackling uh-huh. underneath uh-huh. well i was in a train station on this one so huh. so this one so i did go into the woods on side b but this one i was at the train station because it opens with to me it was the low rumble of the trains it's chickatillo sitting on a bench surveying the the train station a small grim empty train station in the outskirts of Rostov in the outskirts of Stockty. Well when and you see the photos of the train stations, dude. like especially the one he was ultimately captured at, uh yeah. they are they're like smaller than than rest stop outhouses or whatever. Like they're, they're smaller than our apartment. They're so <laughs> they're so amazingly these just tiny middle yeah. of nowhere train stations. With 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 of course the the required beer stand where you can get like jugs of beer. Yeah, <laughs> like that was not an that was no problem. You, you you might not be able to catch a serial killer, but you can certainly obtain as many jugs of beer as you need. I'm, honestly, I'm I'm good with that. 
I mean, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I hope yeah. there's like a bathroom or some woods nearby. Oh, uh, well, that's the thing is there's not a bathroom, but there's woods there's definitely nearby. definitely some woods nearby. Uh, and a lot of, and actually like m- many of the corpses would be discovered by people going peeing. to the bathroom or going to have sex in the woods because that was a very common thing yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, you know. Actually, um, when reading the book, I am, I had to marvel numerous times. I gave it a reread before this episode and the amount of times that, People having sex in the woods or near the river or whatever is mentioned is yeah. It's got to be like forty times. Like it is. It's such. Yeah. It seems like such a commonplace thing in nineteen eighties Russia that people would just bang yeah. in the woods at any yeah. opportunity. But if you but if you live in an area where you're sharing a home or, a or, one or it's room, yeah, or it's or your room's place. been given to you, you don't have a lot of privacy. It makes so, sense. Yeah, you know, country style. Uh, yeah, there is one place you can be alone, I guess, and that's down by an isolated river. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this track, I I guess I was kind of in both places. It just really made me think of Chikatilo being alone on his travels for his job and kind of shuffling around and looking for people like stalking, but stalking in such like a meek way, you know, like shuffling his feet, being isolated and then being completely quiet until it is time to uh, turn on the charm, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. To me, the the. It, once the noise rises in this, it's it's just him beginning to lose control. It's the exterior going away, and that's and this is so it's from the starts in the train station, but then goes into the woods. So Dragging to me, the end body, of the track, I was in the woods, the shuffling beginning. your feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and and according to Pat, and now he you know prefaces this with with memory is not always his strong point this according to pat but he recalls that this is just him this he this seven inch was pat solo Mm -hmm. and was not with any of the other members of skin crime he says it's possible he's mistaken but that's what he how he remembers it's really relatable isn't it yeah. Oh, totally 100%. understand. And That's, like yeah. nothing mistier know, than the hit past. Yeah. They, he, uh, <laughs> they suspected maybe he had an accomplice at, uh, yeah. at some points in the investigation, but just yeah. just him on his lonely. Hey, so Pat, maybe Pat's doing a chickatillo. Maybe he's just not. You know, he can't remember. But he did say that. You know, we asked him what if he recalls the process of recording, and he said it was. It certainly would have been four track. And what he would do a lot of times is do the you know record into the four track but then the mixing down he would run that through through some effects maybe through a pedal or two and then that would be then the final thing so kind of a two-step recording into the four track one step mixing and then running that through stuff into the final thing would have been he said most likely that's how he would have recorded this seven inch um so that's that's you know just getting that extra overdrive that extra blown out factor. This one has it. It gets louder and louder as the track goes on. It keeps building mm-hmm. and building as it goes. Like uh, It's overwhelming. Uh, much like yeah. probably being stabbed 40 times by a Chikatilo yeah. might have been. Ugh. Yeah, having your eyes cut out. And then... Yeah, well, classic skin crime, like, this does do that thing where it creates its own atmosphere. It creates its own sense of space. Like, it's really, like, it takes you to a very specific place and feeling exactly and flipping over the seven inch to me that's now we're fully in the woods the sadism is taken over the knife is out 
and the scrambled feelings have begun because this is very scrambled, scrambled feelings, scrambled brain. And it's the isolation of the woods, the isolation of Russia in the 80s. This is just full on sadistic noise. It's a heavy and constant noise on this one. Like it starts out. I, I wrote wasted freewheeling noise, but I think it's, you know, there's notes to it's chaos in here a bunch because it really, the turmoil of whatever he was feeling, I think, is captured in this uh, ecstatic and nervous and overwhelming noise that's just happening this entire time. And uh, this track is great. Uh, I mean, really, three killer si- songs on this seven inch. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, I like the way this one ends a lot too. It's got sort of a spring yeah. reverb kind of. It's so cool. Tailed out. Yes. Yeah. That is, you were, you were like, what did you say when it ended? you like that. It, it just makes it, it's so hollow. Yeah. It's just like this big hollow space. Uh, yeah. So I, I truly good. love the end of that track and the transition into the next um, haunted, active, chaos driven track. Well, to me, the transition is it's, where which the mess is left in the woods, the the body is left in the woods, but now he's been caught and we're at the trial. And to me that's the it's the it's the parent screaming Oh yeah at yeah. Chickatilla, which did happen, which there's plenty of footage of where he's in the cage and the the victim's parents are there yelling at him, screaming at him. He was in a cage because to protect him. Yes, some people thought it was to protect people from him, but it's no, it's because everybody wanted to murder him. And Pat could not recall why he made this second side two tracks. He said he he, that's not something he would normally do. And he really could not remember why, but honestly, I think it fits. I I'm absolutely so glad he did. Think I think it, it does. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the, the yeah. two pieces are definitely like distinct and discreet from each other. They don't feel like you stopped and you started again, and you got you know part right. two. It's like these are these are three different pieces, and they they all evoke a different sensation when listening to them. And yeah, with, there's a there's some spoken sample sort of thing underneath it, but then there's all that just wailing, yelling, and. This one was re- this was really crude and raw. This side, yes. This, oh, absolutely. This track, yeah, uh, yeah. I love it. I, and yeah, to me, it's it's the trial. It's the end. It's the it's the the circus that the trial was because it really was a, a total circus. Yeah, because well, I mean, I guess we'll we'll talk about it again. But he's trying to make people believe that he was insane. Right, right, and and that's that's going to go into a lot of what. And it's no stretch to believe he's insane because right. of what he did. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Uh, this one, the, it started with this sort of uh, really loud and direct chewing noises, too. And yeah. That, that took me to Ooh, him consuming him, what part, he, body parts. Yeah. And, and it yeah. was really, it's nasty. It's a nasty sound uh. caught on here. And it, it morphs into that wailing, yelling. And it's only that tricks uh, just under two minutes long. But it's, yeah, yeah. The all three pieces Really awesome. Uh, Seven inch comes with, uh, like we said, the that extra extra red printed insert of the victims' photos. Uh, photo of Chikatilo stabbing a mannequin, the KGB gymnasium. Yes, yeah. And uh, an excerpt of uh, I think the uh, an early confession that he wrote. Yes, uh, it's the it's it's when he finally wrote down his confession. Ugh. And that it's 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 from that. So again, it's just another great package uh, in the murder series. And 
you know, Chikatilo is, you know, look, born in 1936 in in the Ukraine, which was which was in the USSR, you know, at the time, and just a grim growing up from the beginning. He really, he really didn't have a very good life period. No, no. And I think a lot of, a lot of people born at the same time in the same place as him would have similar upbringings. Now, one thing that seems to have affected him a lot and it's never been proven and most likely is not true is that his mom told him that a, a brother of his was killed and eaten at, 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 at a young age. And this would be something that seems to have stayed with Chikatilo. And he mm-hmm. definitely believed that because he was born to um, farmers and, and most of their crop was taken by the government. And so many, many people in the area were starving and starvation was a, a real issue at the time. He self-reported that he had the swollen belly of um, starvation when he went to school and was often taunted for that. Uh, and so his mother, whether true or untrue, did say that the the people in the town took his brother to eat him because they were starving. Right. And it's possible that that did happen in general because mm-hmm. of the incredible starvation that was going on. But it seems unlikely that her story was true just from there's no documentation of it. There's no. And again, maybe there may not there. Maybe there again, that might be just of the time. But yeah. And reports of her were made her seem as though she wasn't exactly the most nurturing mother in the world. And that um, maybe this was a device she used to yeah. keep him, you know, close to home in the yard, whatever. Right. 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 Well, you mentioned being picked on at school for being, you know, having Malnourished a swollen and poorly and, clothed. And, yeah, <laughs> but, but also he, he seemed really just browbeaten in general by the home life yes. and bullied mm. by everyone. Uh, yes. The first chunk of the, the book that covers his upbringing really talks a lot about that just that that abuse that he would get at every turn at his at his future jobs at school oh, mm-hmm. from his wife like it's i feel sorry for the guy just I mean, beaten yeah, and, down and he was truly ostracized as well because his father um was in the war and captured by germany and at that time when people came home after being captured they were blamed um for being defectors and and truly they were ostracized villainized for that uh and he he bore the brunt of it because if you're in a small village people understand what happened and they know the story so he not only was he um poor malnourished barely clothed uh his father was considered um a traitor really. a traitor yeah and, and he was <laughs> like what's was. the right word a traitor they, they, exactly they, they considered people who were captured traitors so yeah he was constantly beaten down and then when he does get older mm-hmm. and he becomes a teacher the students don't respect him they make fun of him to his face like goose was the name they would call him which which at the time, whatever the equivalent of that is, is like a brutal thing to call somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they would just, you know, smoke in front of them and not obey. He, he was just never taken seriously by his students. Now, 
Now he, but he did take his studies seriously sure, because sure. he did work up from the small farm community and actually graduated, was the only one like in his class to finish his studies. Uh, he wasn't admitted into Moscow University. He says it was because of his father's service in the military. Um, but the documents say it's because he didn't rank high enough in his exams to pass into the university. Maybe a little column A, a little column B. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, who knows? Now, when he did become a teacher, this is going to be when his crimes begin. Uh, Before he started murdering, he did, was caught molesting a student, a female student. And a young student. Yes. Not not a not a teen or a or a college student. This is a, a adolescent girl. And this is going to be something that's going to kind of go throughout the rest of his life in Russia and that is he's going to basically get shuffled along when he's caught doing this. It's, this is another example of bureaucracy yeah. working for him because if there were any problems and people didn't want to deal with it, they would just move him to a different place. And so instead of trying to prosecute him for something, they just made him someone else's problem. Exactly. I think that still happens today. Yes. You know, I 100% yeah, does. I, I, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, and so eventually he would he would go on to work, you know, factory type stuff, traveling type stuff, but... Uh, but he was a, a clerk, uh, and Sorry. so and, and yes. he was an inventory clerk. And so, again, in a in a communist system, uh, the inventory clerks were really important because you know you are keeping the documents for the state. You are inventorying products that are going to go, you know, throughout, um, you know, the Soviet Empire. And so, that job wasn't necessarily as as menial as it seems. Yeah, it was right. taken and- very seriously. Yes. Correct. And this also would enable him to travel, to be alone, and to enact his crimes, his murders, his fantasies. Traveling is something that is important to many serial killers, you know. The transportation, you know, we see Kemper in the car. We see Gerald Stano. In the car, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. How? How? With, yeah. With Chickatillo, we have trains, and that's how he—that was his form of transportation. Although he did and have he, a car. Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm which, saying trains would be kind of his, in a way. Yeah, he used the rail system, and he, right, and, and that is how he encountered the widest variety of people, and where he would look for um, unattended children, look for women um, who were alone so that he could coerce them into the woods or, you know. Women, young men, young women. Young, yeah, children. O- older women. I mean, he, his, his. He wasn't very discriminatory in his right, prey. Right, if he found right. someone weak enough that he thought he could coerce, he would go for right. it. Now, we do think of, and I do think the vast majority of his murders were younger people pre-teens and even younger and we'll see in his first his first murder uh, in 1978 would be the murder of a nine-year-old girl and this is at the time Chikatilo had his own he had a little 
apartment slash shack in the town of Shakti. Yeah, the apartment is a generous word. Yeah, it's awesome. No, I want to live looks, there. It looks semi-charming <laughs> so, from the outside. Well, it, but is, it is grim and nasty. This apartment was gotten with uh, by, by claiming that he and his wife were separating, right? I believe so, mm-hmm. yeah. Because yeah. That, because the way you could get... Yeah, because... You have to so apply much, for a residence. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But this is where he would commit his first murder. And he lured the girl in... To the to his place and with him, with the promise of bubblegum, which at the time was a, a rarity in Russia. This is 1978, and so he did bring her to the 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 apartment, whatever we're gonna call it. And now, one important thing to note about Chikatilo is that he was impotent; he was never able to get an erection, but he was still able to ejaculate. Now. Throughout throughout all the research of this, the past few weeks we've been researching this, it's the thing I cannot wrap my head around. <laughs> There's so yeah. many things I cannot wrap my head around. That how do you how does that happen? So we can we can like his the history of his um, erectile dysfunction, bladder dysfunction, as, well, as physical he, dysfunction. As he referred to it as sexual, sexual weakness. weakness. Yeah, yeah, of course. But you know, it it has been theorized that he had hydroencephalitis um, as a as an infant. Um, I've also read that his his brain was potentially bruised um, as an infant, uh, so that would cause his further erectile dysfunction. But also, he was a bedwetter. Like another classic thing for serial mm-hmm. killers is that you know through his teen years he was. Um, having trouble with wetting the bed and and at points he was even sharing the bed with his family. And so then that was a major issue and he was belittled and berated for this, um, you know, his, his whole life at home as a, as a teen. I wouldn't be surprised if that was something that continued into his adult age with all the things we've learned about him, uh, that it maybe just wasn't talked about as much. Maybe his wife didn't talk about it, but, uh, like even the, uh, the, Officer that did the interrogations talks about like a, a really acrid smell arising from Chikatilo. Yes. And, and it Oof. just wouldn't surprise me if he uh, was regularly soiling himself. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, he did have kids. He had two kids. Which is shocking for somebody who he, he self-reported says that, it, it you know, he, he flashed himself during the trial and says it doesn't work. Well, he described <laughs> how they were. Now, again, this is just one of those. This will stick with you, everybody. So. Because he, <laughs> what he would do is he was able to ejaculate, and then he would push it in. Where with it was supposed to be. Dude, that's, what, that's exactly how he said it. That's what he would say, yes. Oh. I can't, that, I can, I mean, again, I, I was just, I couldn't wrap my head around how this even works. Uh, but this is his, this is Chicken Yes, so unable to have a child, he would masturbate a flaccid cock onto his wife and then push it in with his fingers it's, so this first ugh. murder now what's interesting is actually so he lures her the the child he he assaults her and now he he is able to get off from the actual assault 
So this is when he realizes that assault is what is how he is going to get off. And and it seems like he had an experience when he was younger with his little sister's friend. Yeah. He um, was pinning down an 11 year old girl, which who was a friend of his younger sister. And he um, came to completion in his pants while he was pinning her down. And that's when he understood, um, I guess, truly how his mind worked. Exactly. And the spe- and then now moving forward, I think he was 15 at the time. So now in his adult life, really realizing that, you know, he is a true sexual sadist. This is how he this is how he gets off is, is sadism and and uh, and rape and murder. But he. She actually didn't die. He thought she was dead and he dumped her body in the nearby river. She did. It, it turns out, according, I guess, at least to a friend, she, she did die from basically from drowning in the river. But she yeah. actually wasn't dead when he dumped the body. He thought she was, though. She and, was probably unconscious. And, and we were also discussing this, like, was he impotent or was he just so, I, I don't know how to say it, like, sadistic deranged his brain is just scrambled and damaged that that was his only source of sexual pleasure well yeah i mean definitely and it's it, just yeah. yes i mean and, and what do you what do you do in that situation with him Ooh. what do you do with chickatillo well we'll see in about 12 years with their well 14 years what they're going to do with him <laughs> right but but this now this first murder he's going to get away scot free at least for a long time because another another man was tried, convicted, and executed for this murder. Which is absolutely crazy. Uh, yeah. It was like a neighbor that lived near his shack. Or, you know, it is a shack in Shakti. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's photos of it you can find in there. It's not, uh, it's not a pretty place. Not a place you would yeah. even want to spend two minutes. Uh, right, right, right. But... That, it might be a place that's going to host uh, a a noise show. Uh, but, <laughs> oh, that's all right. That would be fun. But don't stay there. But they uh, he had an alibi that was valid. But they the police convinced his wife and her friend to to change their story, which is what got him convicted. And then the yep. victim's family convinced the courts to change his uh, sentence from fifteen years in prison to execution. And he was executed before Chikatilo was caught. And the way they performed executions at this time is, again, we're going to see in about 14 years is, well, I don't know. Kind of like it, but we'll, we'll talk about it as it gets to now. It's effective. It's effective. It's swift. <laughs> but, but so, and again, like a lot of serial killers, the, there's a, there's a, a big chunk of time between the first and the second kill. There's three years. It doesn't happen for another three years. And and then even then there's there's incremental ramp ups to the point where there begins to be 11 dozen, you know, in a year. It truly makes you think like it at one point in his life uh, prior to meeting his wife, who it was totally arranged in, over a period of like less than a month by his sister. Um, you know, rumor had gotten out. Uh, among the village that he was impotent and people were talking about it. And so he did allegedly try to hang himself and his mom and his sister convinced him to take his head out of the noose. Um, What if they hadn't done that? We'd have 53 more people. Yeah, that's right. Well, 
another really fascinating thing about Chikatilo is something that he believed and something that he would act on throughout the rest of his his crime spree. And their supernatural element. Yes, and that would be that he believed that a murderer would be imprinted on the victim's eyes. And so in order to avoid being caught through that, he would cut out the eyes of many, many of his victims. And it starts in 1981 with Larissa. Well, you know, I'm not even going to try to say the names. There's no point. Uh, But a 17-year-old female who he met at a train station. Now she now this is where we start to see this sex in the woods thing. And apologize if you hear paper, but we got paper over here. Yep. Uh, but uh, but um, we have internet and we, we have a printer. We have internet. We have a, oh, we should say we have a printer. And I just want our listeners to know how much in the future the Conleys have have gotten in this past week. <laughs> Isn't that wild, Gray? You're so proud. I love it. We can pr- yeah. print a document. I, and yeah. Now Use send you internet. no sheets. It's yes, wonderful. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> but but so this would be a a female who Larissa. Yeah, and and this is where we're gonna see this sex in the woods by a train station scenario that will be a scenario that goes on throughout the rest of this. Mm-hmm. And it was just what you did, and kind of like Tara said, you know, a lot of these people, a lot of these families, literally lived in one room. You you can't call them studio apartments. Studio apartments. You, you have a nice vision of what a studio apartment is. This is these are one. <laughs> these are just a room. Yeah. And so you have the the mom, the dad, they the live siblings, in, in a portion of a home. Yes. Yeah, sometimes yeah. extended family. Yes. And right, exactly. Sometimes other families. Sometimes it's 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 not people not even related to you. This is yes. how this works. Yes. So they need to go somewhere else to to have sex to to do these things. So to have any form of privacy because his second victim was. Um, a drug addict? Yeah, I mean, it seems that she was probably a prostitute. That you know, again, and again, even prostitute is yeah. hard to say. It's she would have sex in trade for some vodka or yeah. some food. So it's like it is this weird. Even saying a prostitute doesn't. That's not. It's almost a different thing. You know what I mean? Right. Um. And so yes. the, and so even at the time, even when he took her into the woods, his intention wasn't to murder her. His intention was to have sex with her. But when it when they start trying, he can't do it. And Look, she how many times have we all been there where you just you think you're going to get some and then it's just wild stabbing murder? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's I can't tell you the amount of times uh, that that happens here. But happened luckily, with us just yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But luck, but, you know, it's it's we, we you know, it, luckily Tara puts a stop to it right before it mm-hmm. goes down. And, and, you know, we're OK. She's OK. <laughs> But I mean, that's, I know you didn't hear that's, her. I that's know you just did, a joke. I know Mike you, doesn't really stab me in a vengeful murder. I know you rage. didn't hear her on last week's seven inch episode. And so maybe people got a little nervous. And that <laughs> is what happened. So inspired no. by reading about the crimes. Yeah, of Chikatilo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, so, yeah. So this is where we're going to see him start to mutilate the, the corpses, which is going to go on through the rest of his murders. He removes the eyes. He would sometimes would remove the nose, bite off the nipples. That was a big thing he would do. That is just insult to entry when, like, I mean, again, there's just certain things about Chikatilo that just stay with you. And the eyes, it's like, it's not as bad because you just kind of think of them as dead, even though they weren't 
dead at the time when he was doing that. Uh, but the biting off the nipple, it just. Well, he also would take uh, testicles or penis and yeah. testicles from the boys. Yep. And on a handful of victims, he removed the uterus with uh, supposedly surgical precision uh, very cleanly. So they, I think that they had thought maybe this is something that we saw. In, uh, if you, if you mm-hmm. look at Jack the Ripper, this is one of those things where they thought he might have medical experience because of how cleanly he removed this stuff. And um, I really, uh, I wonder what the standards are. I know, no, I know, right? With a pocket knife, you're like, oh, this guy might be a surgeon. Right, right, right. And and now he would say that he would chew on the uterus. He said it was pink and springy. He liked the young uteruses because they were pink and springy. Yeah, he he claimed in uh, in interrogation that he didn't uh, consume them, though that he would spit that out, spit them out, or throw them out nearby. But they never found more but more body parts at the scene like those if they were cut right. off they were missing so right i think he probably ate them and was embarrassed oh right. that's interesting right i know i totally agree and i think this is also goes to the story of that his mom told him about his brother and i think this idea of mm-hmm. cannibalism was something that was embedded in him and something that became a fantasy that he would enact throughout his crimes now chigatillo was convicted of 52 murders I think claimed 56 or something like that, but you know, in the fifties now, another thing to keep in mind, again, we already see that the wrong person was convicted and executed of his first murder. You know, it's going, we're not going to go through the individual murders. There's really no, it's there's, they're overwhelming. There's so many. Yes. And there's also, you know, Hey, who knows? Who knows if he was coerced into some of these, some of the confessions, or at least given information, and they just wanted to clear out fifty-two murders. Now, I believe that he killed Many. dozens of people. Oh yeah, and maybe he did kill fifty-six people. I mean, maybe that is true, but but with Soviet Russia in the nineteen eighties, there is that it is hard to get down to all the actual facts because we're gonna see in nineteen eighty-four. Chikatilo was caught. Yep. Red-handed. Yep. And at this time, there was probably around 15 more murders by the time 1984 rolls around. He is caught. He's caught at a train station. In his bag, he has rope, Vaseline, and a knife, or multiple knives, I believe. Mm. And they thought they had him. Now, this... You're going to see this in highly, highly recommend Citizen X to everybody. Yeah. Fantastic movie. Mid 90s. So just a little bit after he was pretty much right after. Yeah. So he came out the year after he was executed. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Stephen Ray plays Bukharov, who is the forensics specialist who basically becomes in charge of this. uh, Really didn't mean to. He's basically the forensics, forensics expert who believes there's a serial killer. And, and he didn't even want to be an investigator, yeah, no. um, but but it was assigned to him. And yeah. so he had to complete that duty. And and thank goodness he did, because and, he he truly um, yeah. followed this case and made it. And he's just just in general, as an actor, I love him and could look at his face all day. I just he just to me, he's just so great. The, and some of the supporting so, cast is really good. I mean, the yeah. movie's really, really well cast. It's got Donald Sutherland in it, who yeah. I think oh, is yeah. really good. Uh, the, the, I don't know Max the actor's Max von Sydow. Oh, Max von Sydow's in it, yeah. And I can't remember he's the actor the that plays uh, the, 
that plays he, Chikatilo, but he's he's really he's good. So good. And so so what you're gonna so this this scene plays out in the movie and and yeah, basically he's arrested with the bag. Mm-hmm. He was actually I believe it's not in the movie, but in real life he was he was getting a blowjob under a under a jacket. In the train station again. So I don't know discreet. what that means. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. nobody'll know. Right, but also with him, what does that mean? Right. Yeah, because he like, was she just mashing it. She might have been mashing it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but that's all I thought of. And this yeah, whole thing yeah, yeah. is, oh, you're just mashing it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what he liked, I guess. <laughs> but what happens is, and this is super interesting, because this was a choreographed effort to capture him. Right, correct? so they were, they were, they were. The reason he was caught at this train station was because they were guarding train stations because yeah. they knew that he was at large. Yeah. They were staking out the train stations, and but why he ends up being released? Everything else lines up. Everything lines up. This yep. has got to be him. And yeah. it, it was him. They and were right. Yes. It was. Yeah, it was the guy they were looking but for. His blood type and semen type were different. And that was just it. There was no other question about that. Yeah. That's all it was. They, his blood type tested different and his semen tested different. And that was it. They let, they literally let him go the second they found that They're out. They're like, well, it couldn't be him. Because, you know, it's it's rare. It's extremely rare. Extremely rare. In people that they have, like, the blood type as tested in your semen would differ from your blood. So, whereas I, I think he's like AB blood type and type A semen. I believe semen. so. I think it's the inverse, uh, or, actually. Or, or vice versa. Or the, the okay, sorry, AB. sorry. May, yeah. Okay, yeah. Read a lot about the, the semen, AB. sorry. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah I got gotcha. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, there are people that have chimera blood types that can test both way, but he is a weird individual who has um, two different two different types uh, for blood and semen. And I believe in, in the movie... Nope, they didn't know it existed at the time, so what were they going to do? Well, that and Bugarov points out in the movie that, and maybe it's however made for the movie, but he says, in Russia we have like 11 factors in our blood test, whereas in the U S there's 150 some, however he says it, I can't remember exactly, yeah. but the point is there, it's just so much more exact. We almost have no, our, our methods are so primitive, but again, what you're going to see is that they don't want to, Soviet Russia does not want to admit there's a serial killer. This is America. This, that, that's, that's an American thing. Yes. This is Russia. Yes. We don't have serial killers. And they don't want to admit that there's a serial killer, and they don't want to admit that it might be a a quote unquote normal adult man. Yeah. What they did do was arrest, and I'm using the term that they would that they used. They called them halfwits, basically mentally handicapped people. But this is the term they use. This is not my term. This is they were they were not uh, very sensitive. And, towards, and it's and it's their classification, yeah. not yes. our classification. Yes, yes, yes. So they, what, whatever they would consider different. They coerced con- a yes. confession out of a couple yeah. mentally handicapped people. And again, they were like, nope, there was a confession. Why are we even continuing this investigation? It sounds even like it kept going down the line. Like they got a confession. They had they brought in like one of his buddies and had him flip. You know, talked him into turning on him. And then, oh, okay, we pick that guy and we'll roll him into a confession. And really, really, uh, just not not doing the proper police work. I mean, yeah. they executed a guy that yeah. they coerced co- confession changes or not confession changes like people to change their their uh, confirmation of his alibi out of. Yeah. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. Again, there's just Bukharov is going to be met with so much resistance. 
But eventually he will get a team together. Eventually Isa Kostoyev is going to be the chief inspector that is going to oversee the investigation. He is the main subject of hunting the devil. There's going to be, you know, multiple people throughout the years working on this case. But you got to think, this is 1984. He's caught and released. He is not arrested for six more years. So there's, there's six years of investigation, staking out these train stations. In 84, he killed so many people. Oh, so this like, is now... It was one of his most um, deadly years, yeah. absolutely. But he was also arrested. He So he was actually imprisoned... I believe it is in 84 for theft of linoleum and a car yeah. battery. Uh, yes, exactly. And the linoleum supposedly went missing uh, after he had gotten, I, I was on a business trip with a driver of the truck yep. and he had gotten dropped off early so he could do a kill and then find his yep. own way home via train. And once the report was in, the linoleum was missing and it's his, it's his job to supervise that. Uh, but he did steal the battery himself and supposedly meant to pay it, pay back for it. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. He definitely needed that linoleum for his shack, though, because it had a dirt floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would have uh, been good. It's actually good to note, too. Yeah, we're talking, uh, we've mentioned Citizen X, and that is based on a different book called The Killer Department. Correct. Uh, which focuses on a different aspect of the investigation. So there's, of course, some discrepancy from the movie and Hunting the Devil, which was the main source of our research for this. But Yeah. Uh, you, kind of, you kind of put them together. Yeah, because, exactly. Because, you know. Obviously, people's memories, and of course, you know, you're going to remember things your way, and maybe your way was the right way, and the other guy's way was not as right as yours, but then well, that guy... You know, and that a kind movie of thing, is you know? a movie. You can you combine yeah, characters, so it's, you it's, put yeah. things together, exactly. right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. There is there is some conflation of characters in the movie that are kind of a couple people yes. in basically wrapped into one for the movie's sake, but overall, it's, it is really... Really great, and the, the actually the author of the Killer Department wrote uh, one of the greatest true crime books yes. of all time, the, Colum- the Columbine book. Yeah, yeah so uh, I really love that amazing. book. That's but a really good book. Pat, you know, we talked to Pat and kind of asking him why, what, what, what were some of the reasons you picked Chickatillo, and like we said before, this idea of that it was this almost supernatural element, but also he was fascinated with the isolation of of Soviet Russia at the time, this truly isolated country, this isolated place that made it so that Chikatilo could operate. And then and then you go from this isolated country to this isolated man. And so it's just this all these levels of isolation. And I actually in a way I think it's that is why we kind of already discussed in the seven why it's kind of appropriate that he did this himself, you know, so it's all this, all these layer, these levels of isolation, but then not only that, you get the isolation of the detective, you get the isolation of the chief inspector who's living in Rostov in a, in a hotel for six years mm. on his own. Yeah, and he you was know. previously sent there to investigate corruption in the uh, town too, which is an interesting kind of side note to the story, but he was living there for, I think four years before this investigation, right. before he got put on this investigation and he went back to the same hotel room. So he's, he's been staying in this hotel room for years and years and years, trying to trying and failing to catch this guy. And they, they started looking in every place they could think of. So they started rounding up uh, homosexuals and yep. interrogating oh, them, yeah. uh, causing one of them to commit suicide the day he was arrested. Yep. Um, and, and like try, you know, really just, 
looking up the halfwits, as they put it, like roping in anybody they could find to pin these crimes on. Not, not pin him on, because he was actually looking for someone who might have convicted him, but met with that resistance and just, I don't care who you're looking for, look for these deviants, look for these people yep. who are not normal. It can't be someone, quote unquote, normal doing this. Yeah, they refused to believe that anybody that would take a boy would be somebody who could also have a wife. Right. right. Or be a Communist Party member. Exactly. Right, right, exactly. right, right, which Shigatilla was. And also what's interesting is Bukharov brought in a psychiatrist, which was absolutely unheard of in Soviet Russia. There's never been a psychiatrist in 1984 who part of a murder investigation. But Alexander Bukhanovsky was the psychiatrist, and he wrote up a profile of this murderer, and it's pretty insane how much he got down in in the in his initial profile he did say this this murder is married he did mm-hmm. say probably with he kids. was sexually impotent yep. yeah yeah, yeah so impotence. it is actually really really interesting how much he got that so uh, you know the years go on chikatilo continues to murder there's times when there's there's some cooling off periods and there's times when it's there's a frenzy where there's multiple yeah it looks like 86 he didn't he was a cooling off time. Right. But eventually the the strategy to catch him was again using the the train stations and the trains. They were observing the trains. But what they would do is they would basically set up a very noticeable pre- police and military presence at a lot of the bigger train stations. And none, and only undercover plainclothes cops at the smaller train stations. Right. I, the idea being that they're going to force his hand yeah. at the ones with the uh, the plainclothes. Which yeah, is if, smart, because you can see him yeah. at the small places. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it where we want you to, where you think that right. you're going to get yeah. away with it. Yeah. Right. So then they would they were instructed to question anybody who looks suspicious, any... Anybody at all. So throughout the, this this stake these stakeouts, you know, they're collecting all this information, everyone's names. You know, of course, you know, you say citizen, whatever, citizen, Bukharov, citizen, you know, etc. They have all their information on there. And so eventually this is how they do catch Chigatillo. And it was at a small train station, and the it was where there was a plane close. Uh, officer and they were you know going on their routines to check who you know check the investigation papers who who they had talked to and the guy had one and right there someone uh, acting suspiciously right you had you were coming out of the woods acting suspiciously had some dirt absolutely yes and on the on the paper right there, his name, Andre Chikatilo. And when they saw the name. And he said, I know that name. They they were like, this is, we, we know this name. This is it. And, and when, they, when they asked the officer why he had questioned him, you know, like he said, yeah, he had come out of the woods. He had dirt on, but he had said that he w- was helping his uh, his mom or something in a, in a small town. But it, it was a small town that the guy, the cop was from. And he's like, I've never heard of this guy or this mom. And again, this is a, a, the type of a small town where you would have heard yeah, of He's him. like, I, I would know your mom. And so, and then sadly, you know, Chikatilo had committed a murder basically under this guy's watch. 
you know, when yeah. he went into the, I mean, he didn't catch him. And, and then that, which is just a, you know, you really messed, messed with the guy. Actually in, in Citizen X, they show it really nicely because it did start yeah. raining while they were looking for the body and it yeah. shows sort of a, a manhunt in a for a Russian forest near a train station yeah. looking for a body. And it, it's about as miserable as you expect it to feel. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, absolutely. Wait, was this the last murder he well, committed? No, well, he actually commits another murder in between this. So in between, he, he commits okay, so one more murder was, before he's finally, finally Then that caught. was October in Yeah, in, October in 30th. So, is, so November 6th is his last murder. So it's in between the time that they know who it is and and there's one more murder. Well, my point is it's not like... A beautiful warm day outside. Oh right! Oh, it's October, November in Russia. It's, yes, it's yeah, yeah, cold, yeah. miserable they, rain. They waited because they didn't want to spook him, and they wanted to bring him to trial for his crimes, not have him commit and suicide they, or you know. Yep, mm-hmm. and they needed the evidence, and 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 basically what happens in Russia is you can once you arrest someone, you have ten days to get a confession, and after that ten days, you have to let them go. Early, you know, at this time, so they needed to try to make sure the saga. They needed to stake him out. I mean, they needed. They also needed to find him. I mean, they knew who it was, but they needed to find him. And so, yeah, it had been like allegedly he killed eight people that year, right? So <laughs> they finally, finally get or get an arrest warrant for him on November nineteenth, I believe, and then on November twentieth, at a stake out at a train station, he is caught. He is arrested. And now the confession and the circus of the trial begins. So he doesn't immediately confess. No, they they tricked him. I mean, they they sort of alluded to the fact that he would be able to get treatment in a mental hospital. And then they would let him out Mm -hmm. to resume his normal life if he would just confess. And they would make sure his wife and kids were taken care of if he would write his crimes down. And they, they sort of... His his wife wanted nothing to do with him once yeah, he was caught. Yeah. Nothing at all. Detested him, but they convinced her to write letters and respond to him, and even go for a visit with him to keep the hope alive. Where she answered in like one word answers and just like said the kids are fine. Okay, you know, just so she wouldn't break and and actually let the venom come out and let him realize right. uh, that that he had no hope. That they were just trying to get this confession, and that, it's a very interesting part of the story. The sort of coercion of the confession out of him. And you see how they could probably coerce a confession out of you if you weren't guilty, if you're if you uh, are hoping to be let free and and get out of there, uh, you know, and you seem like you have no other choice. Like it's the techniques they use on him could probably make a an innocent person confess to. I mean, hey, we you know that and that we will see there's plenty of cases in the world that are like that. Of course, obviously, the you know West Memphis three being one of the biggest ones where, you know, you th- you think, oh, there's. I, if I didn't do it, I would never be coerced into confessing. And then you just, man, you don't know the power that can happen when you're in that room and and they're telling you these things. They're they're guiding you along. But the reality is, Chikatilo did these things, and yes, or at least the vast majority of these things. Now, yes, did he do all fifty-two plus possibly one? Who knows? Yeah. But um. My, I think a great majority yeah, of them. Yeah, definitely. So they would take, he would take the, you know, for the next couple of years leading up to the trial, they're going to the crime scenes. And again, there are discovering bodies that they didn't know about. Mm-hmm. And they're one of the, one of the grimmest discoveries Ugh. is when he said that 
he had dug a grave. Oh yeah. And they and they go to it and there's a a a child's foot sticking out of it and that is one of his victims and that is if I'm not mistaken that is the victim the the young boy who is on the cover of Slogan Lust Killer if I am not mistaken. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's an upsetting one. Yeah, that is just an upset, everything about that is upsetting. Yeah, one of the things a- I found interesting about that too is that when they presented him with all these su- supposed murders there were two that he he denied and said these aren't mine like i'll take all these yeah, other ones yeah. but these two i didn't do yeah. that's not me and yeah i because there was so much against him you kind of wonder it's not like a like a buono <laughs> bianchi right, kind of right. like situation where he's like trying to trying to pass, yeah pass the buck or something it's like no i just didn't do those and because yeah. of the viciousness of his crimes and even they even caught uh uh what was it a police officer that was they tried to do a kind of a copycat murder or a disgraced police officer, right? Oh, I don't know about you this. No, I, I, I may, don't know. That may have. Yeah, they, maybe... they found a dead body that they attributed to the killer, and then they uh, kind of searched it out, and it was a, a disgraced police officer, um, who who had tried to make a copycat murder, but it wasn't the same, and they could kind of tell. But these, this well, viciousness. I probably didn't is... have the fortitude to, you know. Bite their nipples off and right. fillet them yeah, in the I think same it was way. Stabs, but in a different way, and the eyes weren't mm-hmm. cut out. But it was it's you know in a similar location, done a similar way. So I think uh, I think it's interesting though, just that he would deny a couple of them and not not take them. Like right, no, he's right, fifty, sure, fifty two, uh, uh-uh. uh, right, right, right. So you know this goes on for basically for about two years, and where he's showing the crimes, confessing, giving all the descriptions. And then the trial itself would be a circus. Now, an important thing to note during this time is the fall of Soviet Russia. And his trial would be the first big national, international case, news story coming out of the newly dissolved Soviet Russia. Yeah, so it's this the fall is, of communism. It's kind of like this yeah. here's it's almost this like opening up of what happened and then like here's this complete yeah. madness trial where he is in a cage to protect him from the victim's families. It the victims are going crazy. He's acting crazy in the trial. And again, it's speculated that he's trying to ham it up in order to get Insanity. Insane. But yes, there is footage of him pulling his pants down. Like, how could I do wow, this thing doesn't work? He's the the, the classic pictures and faces mm-hmm. of him that you think of when you think of Chikatilo. It's the it's the just trial. like hyper animation. Yeah. yeah. And and actually I really like that the cover that, that Pat picked is not one of those pictures. It's it's the picture from when he's arrested, which is just this sad, yeah, dark, grim picture of him. I kinda like that. It's that version and not not the crazy eyes that we think of. But again, you know, it's this this. And again, he's wearing the Olympic shirt. He's he's in the cage, and this goes on for months. The trial because the way they you know they had to do each. Yeah, well, they had to try fifty two yeah. or fifty three cases, and you know that that certainly took a lot of time. But of course, he's found guilty. Death penalty, execution, and on Valentine's Day, 1994, Andre Chikatilo was taken to a cell. 
a soundproof cell, a soundproof cell, told to just look straight ahead and a, I guess, corrections officer. I don't know what his title would be. Don't know who had the honor. Pulled the gun yeah. and shot him in the back of the head. They put it behind the the so, right ear. Yep, yep, and that's how they did it. It is uh, a grim ending to a grim life and just one of the most fascinating murder cases in the history of murder cases. It's certainly extreme to think of a human that could do that. A vast capacity for evil and a, a true thirst and passion for depravity. Like he was really lost in it. I, I think likening him to a werewolf is really a powerful way to think yeah. about it. Like an actual, mm-hmm. yeah, a medieval monster. Again, if it, if it was in olden days, he, he would have been hunted down with pitchforks and, and torches uh, because of the nature of his crimes and the missing body parts and, and drinking the blood mm-hmm. and eating the, you know, eating and biting off nipples and breasts and genitals. He's, he's really a terrifying, terrifying killer and we're much better that he's not here anymore thanks to one bullet uh in 1994 <laughs> on Valentine's yeah Day, and he lot. seems to not not just have like lack just to lack empathy he seems to revel in in the pain and misery and that is his what's well, how he got off arousal was yeah. was the absolute um Death and misery of others. A true sexual sadist. Well, skin crime did it again. This is a perfect summation of the life of Chickatillo distilled into eight or nine minutes of perfect skin crime noise. So, no surprise it's a, there. It's a no, wonderful seven inch. No the truly, um, you get a, such a variety of sounds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, listen to it loud. I, I did like a precursory jam of it off of the band camp, and then when I threw the seven inch on the turntable and, and blasted it, it was like a different a different universe there. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we had it we had it cranking. So another perfect entry in a perfect series, and next time we have a first in the murder series. We have a spree killer, a mass murder in one location. Courtesy of Atrax Morgue and James Oliver Huberty, which I can tell you one thing. I am don't know how much I'm looking forward to doing my due diligence and watching the documentary that I know Gray has seen. Oh, you haven't seen 77 Minutes? I well, haven't seen it either. I'm either so sorry Santera. that you ha- are going to watch it. We're going to have to. It's, I'm so it's sorry. Our, it is our it is our job, and we are going to have to do that. But of course, it's Atrax Morgue. So hey, you know that there's a trio of noise podcasters who is excited to get to that. I will not be rewatching 77 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how excited I am to watch that documentary, but I will do it for the podcast. So. We will see you on our next 7-Inch Sunday and then in probably about a month, our next murder series. So nearing the end, but definitely looking forward to listening to some more Atrax Morgue. Yeah, always, always Atrax Morgue. Hope everyone's 
safe away from Russian werewolf sexual sadists and drinking that jug of vodka that you got safely at home, locked away (laughs) with all your limbs and extremities intact.